Hello and welcome on into the PHFL NFL podcast. Joined, as always, I am by Kai and by Mikey. Hello to you, gentlemen. Hello, hello. Mikey's just went and got his glasses. I just saw that. Some um, uh, some intro from Mikey there. Ah, it's all right. We, we had... just, just Adam just starts talking and Mikey just starts punching his headphones. <laughs> Sorry, no, I didn't even realize. Had... It's been two weeks since we've been on the podcast, it's, it's, so I get all excited. I, I had... would say I've missed you, but I've been talking to you pretty much every single day. So. I had Mikey muted, so all was fine. We didn't hear any oh. punching of headphones, oh. so it's okay. Well, I heard it. Yeah, I know you did, but thankfully <laughs> at the recording end, it was all muted. Yeah. Here to do our uh, Super Bowl review, I suppose. Now we are. A Super Bowl of, already? Yeah, a couple of uh, days after the Super Bowl, we've had time to reflect on what I thought was going to be a very, very exciting game and I think, to be honest, it probably disappointed if everyone's really honest about what they they thought it was going to be like, because it certainly wasn't the shootout we hoped it might have been, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In case you haven't seen the Super Bowl and are still here as you normally are, you know, for (laughs) the results of football games, uh, winning the game 31 points to 9, the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career in the NFL that he's lost by double digits. Didn't see that coming. No. Did not see that coming. Certainly did not see that coming. His only two playoff losses now for Patrick Mahomes have come against the GOAT, Tom Brady. I don't think there's any denying now Tom Brady. Yeah, is Tom Brady guy. I feel like everyone keeps I, talking about I know. They, they keep, he seems to keep winning things. I, I think it must be a kind of scheme fit. It's nothing to do with him being the player, is it? No, it's probably... he's, a, he's a system quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, uh, let's start with Mikey. I normally go to Kai first, only because in my list on the screen here, Kai sits above Mikey. But I'll talk to Mikey first. What, what, do, you, what do you think of the game? I think everybody wants the Super Bowl to be like a... a... 45 to 44 style game with a walk-off touchdown, a field goal or a Hail Mary or something, but I think everyone needs to realise that that's, it's not going to happen all the time. I think probably the most exciting game, Ty would probably disagree with me on this, the most recent exciting game would probably be the Patriots-Falcons game with the comeback. Um, I thought the Eagles game was brilliant. I love the storyline about I'm talking just in terms of the actual Super Bowl on its own as a game. Um, but in saying that, if you're a big fan of the NFL, as, as we all are, it's still just such a great game to watch. There was There's just so many little things that were happening in the game that, that just made you love the game in general. The the defensive scheme of the Bucks was, I think they'd been a 9 out of 10 all season. They were a 15 out of 10 today. On uh, Sunday, sorry, they were just unbelievable. Um Mahomes struggling the offensive line. There was just loads of little pockets of things that were happening in the game that I still found it very interesting to watch. It's not the close game that everybody was expecting or the Chiefs that everybody was expecting, but I still it's the Super Bowl at the end of the day. It's it's hard not to enjoy it when you're such a big fan of the NFL. Yes, I very much agree. And I did enjoy the game. It certainly, as you say, wasn't as high scoring as we hoped it might have been. But I saw, I saw Kai's face screw up there when you said that the Falcons-Patriots was the most recent exciting one. Yeah. As the resident Eagles fan, I'm sure you had something different to think about that. But what was your opinion on this on this game, Kai? Obviously, your beloved Bills from the AFC did not get there. No, and got the, it. Yeah, the Chiefs obviously did not uh, did not you know perform for the AFC side of the game. I think um, Mikey kind of alluded to it there. I think the... As much as the Bucks put up thirty-one points, I think the the biggest kind of headline to come out of this was was that the Chiefs didn't score a touchdown. 
um, which is no mean feat. Um, and I think it it just comes down to the to the big. I think before before the game, the big conversation was was whether um, JPP and um, the Bucks defense would be able to get through to Mahomes, and from the word go, they were in his face. Uh, the the offensive line of the the Chiefs was bizarrely enough there was only one man missing from it, but they managed to turn it into an absolute disaster. Um, obviously left tackle Eric Fisher out with torn Achilles, but with him being out, the right tackle moved over, the right guard went to right tackle, and the backup right guard came in, and I think that showed uh, they just didn't seem to have any sort of answer to to the pressure that the Bucks were putting them under, even though the the Bucks didn't bring a lot of pressure. I think that they never really went big five six man blitz. Um, they only ever really sent maybe three or four. Totally locked the the field up downfield and just made Mahomes run. And obviously with the with the tough toe injury that he had, which he's gonna have surgery on, running was not something he wanted to be doing. No, I think that's one of the reasons why the Bucks' defence has been so good this season and, and it's been complimented the whole year is because they seem to be able to put pressure on the quarterback, even only rushing four. Like, Aye. most teams need to run, you know, rush with five or six and blitz that QB, but nope, Tampa Bay, they just send their four and go on, you go, you're good enough, you go and put that pressure on there. And they do indeed. And you're saying uh, there, Kai, as well, that uh, the Chiefs did not have a touchdown. It's actually only the third team ever to not score a touchdown in Super Bowl history. In the Super Bowl game. Um, one. Do you know who the other one I, is? I don't know off the top of my head who the other one is. Everyone in the comments below, I'm sure, can tell us all the all the stuff. Reply to the yeah. podcast and tell us who the, the third The team thing is. With, with Mahomes as well, it, it's weird. There's two sides of the coin to this. That I, he's a very underrated mobile quarterback. I think that there's a, a crazy stat as well that the amount of runs that he does and on third downs to get a first down is, is very high percentage uh, compared to other quarterbacks. Um, you don't picture him being a mobile quarterback um, or using his legs a lot because of how good he is in the pocket and with his arm. But the the Bucks had every answer for him. And he ran 497 yards to avoid the Bucks pass rush in the Super Bowl. And it was the most by a quarterback all season. That's just incredible. And uh, there was another one that showed you Basically, every uh, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes um, from the shotgun position where they had to run for completions and incompletions. And Brady's was maybe just four or five little lines that just spread out nicely, no more than five or six yards. And then when it shows you Mahomes' kind of heat map, he was just all over the field trying to make plays. Uh, I don't put it all down to Mahomes. I know he had the tough toe as well. I don't think his receivers... Um, they, they need to be stood up and accounted for. I don't think Tyreek Hill had the best game. I think a lot of people were relying on him. Kelsey was Kelsey. I think he was very... He flew under the radar how good a game he actually had. I know he didn't score a touchdown, but um, he was Mr. Reliable for Mahomes yet again. Um, if he... But, I was just going to say, if, if if he gets a touchdown out of that and the Chiefs win, if you flip the scenario, he goes 10 of 15, 133 yards, gets a touchdown... Chiefs win. He's absolutely in the conversation for Super Bowl MVP. I think it would be hard pushed not to give it sure. to him. He for was sure. probably the best receiving player on that team. I know obviously yeah. Gronk's there weighs two touchdowns and stuff. But yeah, I think I think Kelsey had a phenomenal game and I think the rest of them can probably hang their heads in shame at how poor they were. I think that the biggest X factor for this game, and you can't give a coach 
the Super Bowl MVP, but Todd Bowles was his game plan for this game was just near perfect. It was flawless, and I don't understand why. I mean, the Bucks had the best run D last year when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. They've had one of the best defenses this year. Why this guy isn't in the conversation for a lot of the head coach vacancies at the moment? I know, obviously, Robert Sala is one of the biggest defensive minds in the in the NFL, and he's now got the position at the Jets. I'm just not sure why. Maybe he doesn't want to, and that's understandable, but I, I don't know why his name isn't being put in for a lot of head coaching positions because the guy, what he's done the past two years uh, in Tampa Bay has, has been nothing short of fantastic. It really has been something to behold. Yeah, his, his defence has been really, really good there in Tampa. Some other stuff to bring up for this game, the number of penalties the Chiefs committed, specifically the defence, was ridiculous they actually in the first half alone committed eight penalties the Chiefs for 95 yards which is a Super Bowl record for the first half number of penalties conceded if you're conceding 95 yards worth of penalties they're definitely not going to be winning the game there was one as well when they were fourth and five uh the, the Bucks it was a field goal attempt and someone lined up offside for the Chiefs yeah it, that one almost kind of got blown over because next thing you know they were just going back to first and ten again and you're like what, what happened there like it was it was. They scored that. I'm pretty sure they scored a touchdown straight yeah. off yeah. that pass as well it's, it's just um, crazy I think there's obviously been a bit of backlash in the media from Patrick Holmes' mother um, his fiance towards Tom Brady and the referees I think that was potentially uncalled for Uh there was maybe one or two penalties that were a wee bit on the interesting side. Um, probably the most notable one being the the Tyron Matthew on Gronk in the end zone. The pass interference call that he got when Tom Brady had thrown the ball about 15 yards away from Gronk and they gave pass interference on Tyron Matthew, I think was slightly... Again, they ended up scoring a touchdown from that drive. Uh, not that it would have changed the game massively I don't think the, the Chiefs were never good enough on offence to win it um, and I think that the Bucks just did what they had to do on offence uh, and let the let the defence almost win them the game um, but yeah there was there was a few questionable calls but I think by by half time I think it was all but done we, we I know that's a strange the... thing to say in the Super Bowl but yeah. we, we <laughs> I said think there was the... much coming back from it in the Bucks Washington game, we said this that Tom Brady never really broke a sweat. He was in is no disrespect to the to the Washington team. They they did brilliant to get to the playoffs. Uh, obviously they were missing Alex Smith uh in the playoffs, but just felt like Brady just was in first gear and he was just kind of cruising through the game, almost treated it like a, a training game, I think Kai said when we did that podcast. But I almost feel like Tom Brady did that again. Honestly. I, I feel the yes, the offensive line let the Chiefs down, but this Chiefs D, I think, is can be massively underrated, and they've shown that in the past. And you thought when the the Bucks got off to an early lead that, oh, this is just classic Chiefs. They always come back, but it just wasn't to be. And um, they got the win. And I think all three of us predicted um, in the previous podcast that Gronk had been quiet in the the playoffs, and I think we all said he was going to go off in this Super Bowl. It's just Brady Gronk Super Bowl. It's there's. There's three certainties in life, death, taxes, and Gronk scoring touchdowns in the Super Bowl, I think, to, from Tom Brady. So, um, yeah, the, the the guy, it just makes me laugh. Anything he does, even when he's serious, Gronk, is he's not serious at the same time. Uh, but we had that conversation, I think, before. Who would you rather take in your prime, Kelsey or, or Gronk? And I went with Gronk, and that, that game definitely hasn't changed my mind. That No disrespect to, to Kelsey, really. He's got a good 
few years ahead of him still as well. But um, Gronk is just nigh on unstoppable when he's in that form. Yeah, they're, they're two very different types of players, aren't they, really? You know, like, Gronk is very much that end zone threat. Like, if he's there, you go, right, we're throwing the ball straight to him, he's going to get it. No, don't get me wrong, he's easy, easily uh, capable of receiving the ball in the open field as well, as he showed with his six receptions in the day. But Travis Kelsey, uh, as he showed in this game, is just, like, he is a wide receiver, really. Like, <laughs> with, with, who's got the ability to block a few times. But really, he's just a, a really, he's a great receiver. But I, either of these teams... Uh, will be happy with their tight ends uh, in this game, certainly. I'm just having a look at some of the statistics. The Tampa Bay running game was, again, effective, which is what they've been looking for this season. Exactly. Furnette with his 89 yards and a touchdown, and Ronald Jones running for 61 yards. This this team's quite scary, really. <laughs> I, I, I was looking, I was thinking for the future, for next, next year. Obviously, Tom Brady's staying and seeing who is not under contract for next year. They, they've got Chris Godwin's not under contract. I think Antonio Brown's just a one-year deal deal as well. It's going to be interesting to see what happens next year with these names that they've maybe lost. Obviously, Fournette was on a one-year deal as well. The the Bucks they've said they'd like to re-sign him. Or is it Fournette? They said he wants to sign with them. There's something going on there. I think there's, but between them, they want to make a deal happen. That this team could be another Super Bowl contender next year. I know that's silly to say they could be when they've got Tom Brady at quarterback. Well, they just won it and they've yeah. got Tom Brady. But, on, um, when you look at um, it, though, with the age and the contract situations, and Mike Evans has also said that he's willing <laughs> to restructure his contract in order to keep this team together, and I think that just shows the feel-good factor around Tampa Bay just now. It's just, it's it was a. I'm not going to lie, as a even as a Packers fan, it was a it was a feel-good story. The the Chiefs have been unstoppable over the last two years, and everybody says Father Time's undefeated, but Tom Brady is the only one that's really kind of beat Father Time for the time being. So. Um, it's yeah, it was great to see. I'm I'm really I'm really happy for for Tom Brady. I think they're about to start renaming Tampa Bay Champa Bay, are they not? Because they had the the, <laughs> the Rays and the baseball, didn't they? And they they had yeah. the they had the uh, the lightning and the and the ice hockey, and now they've had the yeah. the Bucks here. Um, see, I like the name uh, Tampa Brady. I think that's a better oh, name. Yeah, Tampa Brady, Brady. Yeah, that's very football centric, though, isn't it? <laughs> uh, on the Chiefs side of the ball, I think we mentioned this already that especially in the first half, the receiving game just didn't really happen. I think that was mainly to do with the pressures that were under, uh, that, that Patrick Mahomes was under. I think the statistic was 52% of snaps. He he was under pressure for the throws, yep. which is unbelievable. As Kai mentioned, they were missing several of their starting offensive linemen, not just from the last game, but they had Osemele, they had Mitchell Swartz, and they had Eric Fisher missing from their normal offensive line. I mean, yep. you're up against one of the best defensive lines in the game it's going to make a big big difference and uh, and I don't think Mahomes had that bad a game I'll be, I know he threw two interceptions didn't throw a touchdown but for, for what he had he had to do I think he was he didn't really have much else Aye. he could have done one of, I mean one of the one of the interceptions the first one I think was was a tipped pass that the Bucks probably defended quite well to, to intercept it um, the second one was unfortunate if he throws it a yard further Outfield, if he throws it a yard closer to the, the the touchline, Travis Kelsey catches it. It's a touchdown, and it's a great pass because he threw it while being sacked. Um, so I, I think it was a wee bit unfortunate, and I think considering the the circumstances behind it, um, he's obviously under pressure very quickly, not getting a lot of protection from from his offensive line, not getting a lot of help from from his wide receivers other than than Kelsey and potentially to an extent Tyreek Hill because 
really, if you're the Bucks, you're going to target Tyreek Hill. It's the first first person you look at on that receiving core that you you want to try and stop. Um, so for him to still get seven seven receptions, seventy three yards out of that, would be okay if everyone else was was doing their bit. But you look like Nicole Hardman, two receptions for four yards. Sammy Watkins only had one reception. Um, Robinson, one reception. Byron Pringle, one reception. Like nobody else really stood out and and made themselves accountable. Um, and then factor in obviously what we've said about the fact that that Patrick Mahomes uh, was was dealing with tough toe and he's he's going to have surgery in the in the off season to deal with that. I don't think you can you can put too much of this down to Patrick Mahomes. I think the Bucks just played very well and and like Mikey alluded to with Todd Bowles, the the game plan was spot on from the start. He just got it right. Um, but I can't help but feel the Chiefs. I know they, they they were so far behind they had to start throwing, but Patrick Holmes threw the ball forty nine times. Yeah, that's a lot of throwing. Yeah, considering the Bucks were able to to get Brady throwing the ball only twenty nine times. I mean, again, you you you've got to consider that that the Bucks were ahead basically from the start, so they could run the ball, but yeah. The the one thing the Chiefs never never really managed to get was was any sort of run game early on in the game. And I feel they're, they're I think very set... abandoned the run game at times. Yeah, especially when I, I know obviously the Bucks run D is pretty good, but if you can get a wee bit of run D going, run D, running offense going, and and chew up a few yards and and be able to mix it up a bit, I think they become too one dimensional sometimes. And mm. it's, it's weird to say of of the. Previous Super Bowl winners, Super Bowl finalists, potentially one of the best teams in the NFL right now that they're a bit one-dimensional. But I think we did see that during the regular season a few times this year, where they were they were just scraping by and and wins. And I think maybe sometimes teams are starting to find them out a wee bit, uh, and that they've kind of got them sussed. So it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, come next season for for the Chiefs. I don't see a lot of movement either way, but. Um, I mean, I've seen a few people saying they they might want to look to strengthen at wide receiver, which seems bizarre when you've got Kelsey and Tyreek Kill, but then there's a like we said a massive drop off between Hill and the and the next best receivers. I think they were looking for Miko Hardman to be that next that kind of number two receiver, and he's not really done no. it in, in this. He needs game. to hold the ball for a start. Yeah, th- throughout the season, yeah, I think he he done all right, but he's certainly not become like that kind of one-two punch. I think they were hoping for something, you know, like a. Thielen and Diggs when they were in Minnesota, you know, or something like that, Aye. um, or a, a Jones and Ridley in, in uh, Atlanta, but not quite being like that. Or a JJR Sega White side, and no, I think that's closer to what they've got. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. Mikey, do you have anything you want to say again before we finish talking about this game? I'll be honest, I don't have a lot. I say, well done to the Buccaneers, in my opinion. I have been yeah. on on their kind of back. I've been supporting them. Obviously, I wanted the Packers to to get there, but I had thought the Bucks were going to get there for quite some time, and uh, I was proven right here. But did you have anything else to to finish up with? I think the Bucks have actually came through a lot of adversity this season. That that it's almost as if you get Tom Brady, and the expectations are Super Bowl or bust. Genuinely, and to say that to a team, considering how hard this year has been for a new quarterback and a new system. Bear in mind with everything that's happening in the world with COVID, and you can't have these face-to-face meetings with your with your coaches. It's been all over Zoom. Tom Brady to take all this in in a new system, 
Um, to play in front, not in front of fans is, can be very daunting in its own way as well. To lose both games in the division to the Saints, to come in as what the fifth seed and have to play no home games in the playoffs. Just I feel they've went through a lot this season and they've came through it and that fully deserve now looking back on it. I, I wouldn't have said that they were the best team in the NFL at the end of the regular season. But that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You can finish sixteen and zero, as as the Patriots and Tom Brady will tell you. You can finish sixteen and zero in a regular season and not win a Super Bowl. So it's all about what you do in the playoffs. And they were the best team in the postseason by far. But all time playoff win leaders, Tom Brady is in first with thirty four playoff wins. In second place is Tom Brady, but only in conference championship games and Super Bowl games. He's got seventeen. And then in third place, Joe Montana has 16 wins. And so does Tom Brady since turning 37 years old. Oh, goodness me. Like a fine, <laughs> like a fine, fine wine, isn't he? Just maturing yeah. and getting better with age. It's, yeah. Uh, the, I, I've been having a lot of conversations with, with friends about, uh, and this is a conversation for another day, but kind of who the best athletes in the world are, sports per, uh, people. And we spoke about it briefly at the start. There's no wrong answer. Everybody has different opinions. But for me... Tom Brady has to be, he was already the best American football player of all time before Sunday. And I don't think people understand just quite the magnitude of what he's done this season, going to a new team, going to a new conference, especially with COVID and everything like that as well. LeBron James says that his most impressive NBA title was the one in the NBA, in the bubble in Orlando because of COVID, because he wasn't allowed to see his family. There's a lot of restrictions. To me, looking back on this, when Brady retires, this has to be the, the crowning achievement of his career, which is crazy to think when he was at the, the Patriots for so long. Yeah, I'd say, I think, I think coming to this new system, definitely. Um, obviously, as you said, not being able to, you know, have the, the regular meetings and stuff like that. I think that's why they struggled at the start of the season, as they did, you know, they, they and everyone was like, oh, is this, is this really going to be a, a good thing here for Brady? Is he going to be successful here? But once he managed to put his stamp on everything, you saw that this this Bucks team did 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 the business, and they they certainly, I think personally, deserved this Super Bowl here. One thing I noted about Brady was apparently after the conference championship game, he sent his wife and kids out the house for two weeks so he could concentrate on game footage and stuff. Like he said, "You go and stay somewhere else. I'm gonna I have to concentrate." And bear in mind, I mean, you Tom Brady does not have a small house. <laughs> Aye, I was going to say, usually for a married couple, if you had to tell your wife and your kids to move out, they'd be like, where am I going to go? My mum's or, or, or your mum's? But I think they've got some good options being one of the richest families in the world. Yeah. She's a, a super, Giselle's a supermodel. She's a supermodel, is she not? Yeah. Uh, she's, like, she's like, God, where will we go? Will we go to Barbados or Hawaii or our villa in, <laughs> in Jamaica? Where do we go? This is so annoying. So, They could probably all live in the same house and just go to opposite ends of it and they'd probably still manage to avoid each other for two weeks. I was trying to make because I think they stay in an eight-bedroom house. So could you not just make you stay in that wing and I'll stay in this wing? But no, apparently he sent them away completely. But that obviously worked for him. He bought bought Derek Jeter's house, uh, one of the most famous baseball players of all time. So I'm thinking it's going to be a pretty big house. Yeah. I think so. That's just my guess. That's my uh, outlandish claim of the outlandish claim of the week. Tom Brady lives in a big house. There we go. <laughs> big that's, house for Tom Brady. I know, I know it's far fetched, but I think he's got more than three bathrooms. More than three bathrooms. Outlandish claim of the week. Uh, yes, for for everyone that's wondering about these outlandish claims, we will do an episode in a few weeks' time 
which is just a Mikey's Outlandish Claims episode, and Mikey can let us know uh, how good his outlandish claims have been throughout the season. We'll I've actually see... not looked at them since the postseason. Yes, and we'll see how he's done yeah, with yeah. these outlandish claims. Uh, <laughs> but there are no more today. Uh, we will need to do uh, an investigation to see how many bathrooms Tom Brady does have. And if if, uh, if Tom Brady, if you're if you're listening, obviously off the back of your Super Bowl win, I'm, I know this will be the first thing you stick on as soon as it's released. Um, if you are listening, just let us know. On, let, us know. let us know in the comments below. Uh, how yeah, how many bathrooms you have? <laughs> uh, the over the under is three, so that's what Mikey wants. Aye, yeah, the over under is three. I, yeah. I also think we could maybe message Nick Mullins, who could message Jimmy G, who could message Tom Brady. That's yeah, Jim, yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, that's true. We'll just we'll go through all the quarterbacks, find out how many bathrooms they have. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Do a quarterback rankings based yeah. on their bathrooms. <laughs> yeah, but we feel like we're doing this. It's kind of a bit creepy, time. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Kai swearing, and we're getting uh, talking about bathrooms, you know. Uh, I tell you, that's it. We've finished the season, and we've just went off the rails. That's what I've we're doing. <laughs> finished that in an F bomb. Exactly, but um, but yeah, I know. But what, 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 what like thirteen weeks, and I've not actually swore, like properly swore. Well, and I've just you did, and Adam had to bleep it out. Yeah, that's true. When yeah, I said my prediction, I did like. 12 out of 14 or something and you you said an expletive yes we had a lovely whistle and they will have another one about two minutes ago i'm sure you'll have heard it <laughs> going and edit all this to get that um kai just likes giving me more work to do to go back and find where i have to put the i know you're in. not working this week so uh, exactly so i've got lots of time to sit and try and find it <laughs> but yes we finished talking about the super Bowl. nice win for the buccaneers there let's quickly Look at predictions before we move on to some news to finish off, I think, because uh, there's a big trade that happened that we've not talked about in the last two weeks. Um, predictions for the uh, the Super Bowl. Me and Kai were joint, I believe. Uh, Mikey, we were indeed, yes. The, the post-season predictions. Can you reveal to our wonderful viewers and listeners uh, who, who selected who for the Super Bowl and who won the Prediction League and gets a thousand pounds off the other person oh weirdly don't enough I, I don't actually think I, I had a, a prediction I didn't pick one before the game I wanted the Bucks to win but I think I thought that the, the Chiefs would win so I probably would have said my prediction was the Chiefs not that it mattered anyway because I couldn't have won the predictions um, Adam had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Woo! and Kai had the Chiefs, so Adam wins our little postseason bet of £1,000. So, what that means is because one of me and Adam's won the postseason one, it null and voids Mikey's regular season one and Mikey finishes the season with no wins and anything. Yeah, that seems like that's fair. Mikey's currently hugging the uh, PHFL uh, trophy at the moment, which he's begrudgingly going to have to give to Kai very soon. Yeah, it gets given after the Super Bowl, so I will need to find a way to get this as a non-contact delivery to Mr. Skier. Exactly. Are you close enough in uh, our lovely town that you could just throw out of the window and throw it into Kai's window? I could possibly, yeah, uh, or get give it to give it to Kai's dog, and uh, he can tear it all up. A homing pigeon, possibly a homing pigeon. That would be a... Or a stork, okay, maybe. A stork. Again, we're getting. It's, off it's not a baby. Yeah, I thought. <laughs> it is a baby. It's my baby. It has been for two years. Let's move on. I'm going to do the two-minute warning below the whistle here because we're going to move on to some news, even though it's not two minutes to talk about it. But another segment. Some big trade news happened over the last two weeks, and we're going to give you our opinions on it. Matthew Stafford 
announced to the Detroit Lions, I don't want to be playing for you guys anymore. You guys are rubbish. You've not given me a good team in ages. I've had no one to, to protect me. Our offense has been meh and our defense doesn't know how to defend. So get me out of here. I want to go somewhere else. I've built up a good enough relationship with you that you can at least give me that. And the Lions quite kindly said, yep, sure, no problem. We'll do that. We'll look for people who want to trade for you. And the Rams came in and they said, we'll give you Jared Goff. And the Lions said, well, you're going to have to give us a hell of a lot more than that if you want us to take that trade. And uh, the Rams also gave two first-round picks and a third in that trade. So now Matthew Stafford is the Rams quarterback and Jared Goff goes to the Lions with two first-round picks and a third-round pick. Firstly, I want to point out here, Somehow the Rams seem to get to the postseason all the time, even though they have no first-round picks. I'm assuming that's some type of tactic that I've not learnt about before, because uh, I'm sure there's a reason people like first-round picks, uh, but the Rams don't seem to know why he want a first-round pick, so they give them all away. Apparently when, apparently when Sean McVay goes to a restaurant, he tips his first-round picks. He just doesn't want them. Oh, he did give them away to the, to the waiters, yeah. I see. Because uh, the statistic is the last first-round pick from the Rams was Jared Goff. And the next first round pick they're going to have, I believe, is in twenty twenty four. Is in <laughs> is in twenty twenty four. So it'll be almost a decade since they had a first round pick at this rate. Um, Kai, I'll start with you since I started with Mikey the last time. What's your opinions on this trade? Winners, losers. What do you think is going to happen here? I think um, I think when it happened, we were. I think we all kind of said it. It seems like a win win for both sides of the trade in the end. Um, I think the Rams, there was a wee bit of, there was some rumblings uh, before the trade that, that Sean McVeigh and, and Jared Goff's relationship had kind of turned a wee bit sour, um, which was weird because I always was always under the impression from the outside looking in that the two of them had a good relationship and I think we, we've spoke before about the fact that Sean McVeigh always seemed to get the best out of Jared Goff, um, where other coaches potentially couldn't. Um, so I, th- I was I was slightly surprised that that he went the other way, but I think the Rams have certainly got a good quarterback in Matthew Stafford, and I think they could potentially prove that that, poten- that potentially 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 potentially, potentially. they could uh, potentially prove that 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 was maybe the missing piece and and the puzzle was was a competent quarterback because I think we've not been shy about um, our, our thoughts on Jared Goff. I don't think he really has lived up to the expectations. Long term, that that the Rams potentially, um, dare I say, potentially again. You quite like that word. That's that's <laughs> Kai's word of the day. Um, he's not lived up to the expectations that the Rams had of him, and he's I know obviously took them to the Super Bowl, but he's not really done much since. So I think it's probably best for both parties to part ways there. Um, and the Lions have obviously got a first round pick in Jared Goff. Maybe that's where he reignites um, his potential and. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see to see what the Lions do with him, um, whether they strengthen round about him, or whether they they try and just use him in the system they've got at the moment. Uh, obviously, the early inklings and the early th- feeling is that now with that trade, the Rams will are massive favourites in the in the NFC this season, which I think is probably justified because they were certainly good enough uh, this season in spells. So, yeah. I I think I think I don't think anyone's lost in the trade really, but I would say the Rams have potentially gained more out of it. What's your opinion, Mikey, on the trade? 
think because the Rams are in win now mode, the, the fact that they've given away all these first round picks to try and and win a Super Bowl, having been to one, it's it's a good trade for them. But the caveat is they need they need now they need to win the Super Bowl. That they, they have thrown every their future away for a Super Bowl now. That is, if they win a Super Bowl, that's absolutely fine. Everything is justified. But if they don't, it could seriously turn one of the most brightest young coaching minds in, in the NFL. It could completely turn his career sour because he's obviously got a say in this as well, having given away the first round picks with, with the GM. Uh, and if they don't win it, it could be a massive problem for him. But as Kai said, it's a win-win because I think now Jared Goff's going to have a massive chip on his shoulder. And he's still only, what, 26 years old? So there's, he can get better, definitely. Um, another thing with the Lions is they've not surrounded Matt Stafford with the talent. And saying that as well, they've dealt with a lot of injuries over the past couple of years. And when you, you look at the team on paper, a fully fit Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones Jr., TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift and Adrian Peterson. I don't mind that. Like It's, it's, a, not, it's not a Super Bowl winning or a playoff team, but it's... it's all they need is an X factor, maybe a potential coach or another quarterback to just unlock the potential for that team. I know a lot of them are getting a bit older now and getting into final years of their contracts. But yeah, as Kai said, a win-win. But I think the biggest winner out of this trade is the Houston Texans because you are you're getting you're giving away two future first round picks, a third round pick, and a very good quarterback for an aging quarterback in Matt Stafford. Having that trade just happen just happen. The Texans are going to be like, well, we want we want five first rounders. If you're giving that much away for Matt Stafford, what are we wanting for Deshaun Watson? And I think it's come at the worst possible time for teams trying to trade for Deshaun Watson because if that Steve that trade had happened, Deshaun Watson for Jared Goff, two first rounders and a third rounder or whatever it was, I think that would have been a good trade. But now you're thinking, well, it's Deshaun Watson at the end of the day. We think we all ranked him in our top five in the quarterback rankings. Um, they're going to want a lot, a lot of draft capital and players for Deshaun Watson now that that trade's went through. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with, with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, just to go on uh, to the, the Lions roster side of this, I agree that the the offensive talent they had this season certainly was... I, I personally think they could easily go to the playoffs uh, if everyone was going right. Their defence was the main problem this year. But their problem going forward is actually going to be that offensive talent because that wide receiver... Marvin Jones is out of contract now. Kenny Galladay is out of contract now. So their lead receivers are Mohamed Sanu and Geronimo Allison, which nothing against either of those two, but they're not exactly an ideal one-two partnership for your receiving core. They've still got Hawkinson, obviously, under contract. And that running back, no way, uh, Adrian Peterson, obviously. Uh, he was just in a short-term deal. So it's just Andre Swift and Kerryon Johnson. So basically, Jared Goff... Uh, has got nobody to throw the ball to apart from TJ Hawkinson. So could this be quite a breakout year for TJ Hawkinson uh, in terms of receiving totals? Uh, could he it, become like it, a Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett combined? Maybe it's like a, a secret ploy from the from the Lions to make sure Jared Goff throws the ball as little as he can. Like they will give him nobody to throw the ball to. <laughs> we'll make sure he can't throw it, so then he just has to run the ball all the time and then he looks good. Yeah, it's a Sorry, tricky that's quite situation. Harsh on, quite it's harsh and <laughs> It's a tricky situation for the Lions just now because if, if you're bringing back those aging players who have had injury issues, there's not going to be cap room for other free agents. And then in saying that, as you said, Adam, their defense wasn't great last season, and that's probably where they're going to need to strengthen. So, although they have brought in a former first overall pick, 
and a Super Bowl quarterback who's still young and has a lot of potential, I still think they're in rebuild mode just now. I, I can't see them getting any more than six, seven wins this season. And that's me probably being quite generous. But if they can take this year and obviously they've got the new GM who likes to eat people's kneecaps, if he can figure things out, then I think it's it'll be an interesting it'll be interesting to see what happens with the lines. I think being a Packers fan, they're the team I hate the least in the NFC North. Um yeah, and I, I think, think that was mainly fair. down to Matt Stafford, because I like Matt Stafford, but I don't I don't mind I don't mind the Lions. If if we win the division and they finish second and get a wee wild card spot, I'll I'll throw them a bone. So um and that that also means that the Bears and the Vikings probably don't make the postseason, which is excellent as well. But just looking at Obviously, the Packers have got an interesting off-season, which we'll probably speak about in depth at another point, but still in a Super Bowl window. The Vikings have a lot of good talent. Dalvin Cook, Jefferson, um, their defence needs to improve. Bears' offence needs to improve, but the Lions are at the bottom of the pile in the north, but it's it's going to be a very... That division especially um, could be very interesting this year because, as always, it's always full of surprises in the NFL. The worry for the Lions as well is I'm just looking at their salary cap they're right up against the projected cap at the moment. So it's not like they even have a huge amount of cap space to try and bring in free agents. So with that pick they've got in the first round, they've got the, the seventh pick somewhere around yeah, there. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Could that be seventh a, overall. Could that be a, a Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase if he drops to their sort of pick for offensive I think, talent? I think it's got to be. I think they've got to take a wide receiver there. Um because if you bring someone in like Jared Goff, who I know obviously I've just slated him rotten, but obviously he's still capable at, at quarterback. He's still a good quarterback. You need to give him a chance. You need to give him something to, to, to kind of help um, the franchise and, and improve it. You can't chuck him in and expect him to do it all himself because he's not that kind of quarterback. Um, how how sour so I, th- I think even Matt Stafford's mouth, though, if they brought in Devonta Smith? Having given him no weapons for years, they bring in the Heisman okay. wide receiver, like two-time national champ. That would be obviously what the Lions are not thinking about Matthew Stafford. They're thinking about the future, but Stafford's got to think. Come on, after all those years of me giving blood, sweat, and tears, you're going to bring in a first-round wide receiver. I'm pretty sure if they brought in Devonta Smith, but he wins the Super Bowl, I, I think he'll probably settle for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing. So. <laughs> very, very true. There's there's talks that they might try and draft a QB with that first pick though as well because they don't want Goff to be the future. That is why they've had so much compensation as well from the Rams. Uh, so they might take someone like a, a Trey Lance or someone like that at that pick. Or there's also rumours they might try and even trade up to the second or third pick to take a Zach Wilson or a Justin one of the top ones. Yeah, which... I don't know if that's the way to go. I certainly don't want to be paying Jared Goff $25 million a season, uh, to be honest. Not. But- Just um, while we're speaking about this as well, because you know all of us here at PHFL Podcast love a narrative as well as a stat. Um, <laughs> this season, Detroit Lions play the LA Rams at SoFi Stadium. So that'll be popcorn at the ready to watch Goff versus the Rams and Stafford versus the Lions. Oh, yes. It That'll be very fun well. to watch, That'll especially with all this talk about people drafting up and potentially taking wide receivers. It's Super Bowl or bust for the Rams, and it's they could, I feel like the Lions could potentially take this as almost a gap year, maybe try and get another early first round pick next season and 
a mini rebuild, not a full-scale rebuild, but maybe just a mini rebuild for the Lions at the time being seems like the sensible option. Yes, I would agree, especially with the Green Bay Packers being so amazing in that division. Uh, there's no chance of winning the division. So. True. Unless mm. Tom Brady comes into it, then, then Tom Brady's going to win the division. <laughs> that's very true. He, he just does what he wants. Yes, that's very true. Uh, I still don't know if he'd win that NFC North, though. I mean, come on. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's what's happened. We'd win the NFC North, but then as soon as we play each other in the playoffs, they Tom get Brady in the playoffs, wins. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we're, the we're getting into uh, uh, questionable conversations again here. Let's wrap up our Super Bowl review right now. We will come back uh, in the off-season with some kind of specials. We did a QB rankings episode during the season, but we'll come back and do some other positions and perhaps our end-of-season grades for teams or looking at the future. Lots of different ideas we've got to fill up the off-season for you to listen to our wonderful voices talk about the NFL if Kai and Mikey are happy to do that with me that's fine if not I'll just talk into a computer screen for myself for about two hours and then I'll, I'll get really bored so I'm hoping right, well, my contract's doing. up so I'm I'm obviously going to want I was going to say I'm a free yeah. agent uh, Adam I don't know if you've got the cap space for to get me and Kai back in here you're both restricted free agents so whatever someone else offers you as long as I offer it uh, you have who to would you franchise back. tag me or Kai uh, ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> who's, Let's not fall out on the air. Yeah, d- depends. Depends who's uh, whose franchise tag is going to cost more. That's the real question. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, I'd rather sign you to long-term deals without having to franchise tag you both. That sounds. Right, there we go. Thinking to the future already. Exactly. Seven-year contract. Uh, a packet of Jaffa cakes a week. There you go. As long as you don't, as you don't draft my replacement, then that's fine. Oh, that's fine. No, we'll have someone there just but in the if wings. Do, if you do, I'll give you an MVP style year. So oh, that's very true. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Random conversation again. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, go, we're going, we're going, yeah, we're, we're going. No, we should call this podcast. We should call this podcast the tangent. The tangents, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I'm going to start talking about lines and stuff like that. So let's uh, let's move away from that. Um, let's end this podcast right here with our last 35 seconds of rambling or whatever it is we've had thank you for joining me Kai and Mikey thank you for joining Pleasure. me for the whole season as, always. as well and I look forward to, to the seasons to come the off season and next season looking ahead so thank you very much gents we'll see you for the next podcast whenever that may be goodbye for now